I think part of it too is is coming to the realization that when you do have some good nutritional habits, again, getting towards your goals becomes easier, just kind of happens instead of focusing so much on the end result. We're really trying to focus on what we can tr control. It's it's the today, it's the t tomorrow, what we're putting in our mouths. We don't know if you're going to lose 10 pounds or you're gonna get a muscle up. We can't really control those things, but I can assure you those good things are not gonna happen if we don't get some of the things under control. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition and network, we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. This is episode 51. My name is Zach, and this is... Your name is Jen. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to give, like... I thought you were going to give the episode a title. <laughs> no, this is a brand new intro where we say our <laughs> names so people can distinguish my voice from your voice. Uh, I am Jen. Some listener concerns. I didn't know who was talking. Um, Welcome back. Yeah. As everyone knows, none of this is rehearsed, clearly. <laughs> um, what do we want to talk about first today, Jen? Let's do some updates. I feel like I have a lot of updates. What's new? Well, let's go back. February 3rd was our last podcast. We are still in March, so we're crushing it. Um, so updates since February 3rd. Well, I finished my drawing class. And I really enjoyed it. I don't know if drawing is going to be my new hobby that I'm going to pursue, but I really enjoyed my Tuesday nights and trying to get better at something. My brain, I think my brain actually hurt a little bit after coming home every Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, that's a good update too, because that will relate to one of our main yes. topics today. Yes, it is. I was just about to ask you, you know, a question that didn't need to be asked. You know, do you feel like you're better? How much progress did you make? But we're going to get into that later on. But um, we'll come back to your course in drawing and maybe how that's related to our main topic for today or a topic from one of our listeners. We made an Instagram post this morning about what would you like to chat about? What would you like us to chat about? Um, I filtered through thousands and thousands of responses <laughs> and I picked out one. Um, no, we got a Definitely a couple good responses that we'll go through. Um, but yes, continue. Drawing class is over. Drawing class is over. I just got the brochure today, which is kind of what reminded me of it, about new spring glasses. So I think I might try pottery or I might try some printmaking. But I'm enjoying my time at the, what is it? The Art Gallery of Southwestern Manitoba or something. That sounded real. <laughs> I forget what the acronym is. Um, um, but I'm also, so my friend Jodell is helping me sew a little dress for Paxton. And that has also been fun. I'm excited to see how it turns out. But in my head, I thought, oh, perfect. Like, I could just sew her clothes. You know, how, economical. how economical will this be? Oh, my God. Amazing. 
And then I kind of forgot how expensive fabric is and took packs to a store. There was really only one to choose from. I just went with it. And lo and behold, this will be maybe her most expensive dress that she <laughs> has ever owned. Yeah. <laughs> Making your own clothes yeah. one piece at a time yeah. <laughs> is not economical. Typically, we get uh, secondhand clothing from Once Upon a Child or Friends. Um, but anyways, this is an experience and I'm excited about that. Finished the book Grit. Holy Jesus, you got hobbies and updates all over the place. Yeah. Keep her I'm going. rolling. And now I'm reading Ego is the Enemy. I will admit that Ego is the is the Enemy is sometimes hard on my brain to read late at night because it requires some thinking and some thought and it's yeah just written in a way that I kind of have to think. So I might be also maybe alternating it with a, a fiction book sometime soon here. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of the fiction before bed. Yeah. Because I don't need my brain overworking. <laughs> Sometimes my brain just doesn't have the capacity before bed to digest yeah. some. some Ego, Ego is the Enemy is another Ryan Holiday book. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know like three authors. So like he's like my favorite for sure. <laughs> um, J.K. Rowling is Harry Potter. Yep. Timothy Zahn is probably my other favorite because he writes good Star Wars books. But uh, Ryan Holiday would be my favorite nonfiction author. He's the only nonfiction of those three as well, but um, you know James Clear. Oh, James Clear. I do know other authors. Yeah. Doctor Seuss, uh, Mercer Mayer. Yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ryan Holiday. Um, the obs- he re- he write or he wrote the obstacle is the way. Uh, ego is the enemy. Stillness is the key. I think there's a fourth one to go with that one that I'm blanking on right now. But um, again, I've talked about this before in this podcast, but. My all-time favorite book is The Daily Stoic by him, but um, yeah, definitely good. What is Ego? Ego is the enemy. What is that? Is Ego good, Jen, or is Ego bad? What's that book teaching <laughs> ego us? Ego is everywhere and can be good or could can be bad is what I've learned so far. Just got to learn to control it. Control it and be aware yes. of it, I guess. Yeah. Yes, be aware of it. That's more the sense of... You have so many updates. What are my updates? I discovered a new sparkling water flavor. That's always a big day. Right. Yeah. Um, currently, the best sparkling water flavor, in my opinion, is the President's Choice Cola sparkling water. But they also came out with a cranberry ginger ale, which was super exciting. Not as good as the cola. I think in the ranking system, cola is at the top. Uh, root beer would be second. And then maybe the ginger ale or cranberry ginger ale is third for me. But um, yeah, what other updates do I have? Well, we did buy matching Def Leppard t-shirts. Oh, yes. And you did purchase concert tickets for this summer. So I think that's fairly exciting. Yep. If you're ever on a game show and they ask you, what is Zach McMillan's favorite band? The answer is Def Leppard. I have loved Def Def Leppard for a long, long time. Um and they could be on their last tour at some point, so we bought tickets to go to Fargo, which is super awesome. And Jen and I have matching Def Leppard shirts, which is extra cool. And yeah, the gym was also named after a Def Leppard song. Mm -hmm. Another trivia answer for everybody, but um, Rocked came from the song Let's Get Rocked by Def Leppard. So that is it, I think, for my updates. And yesterday we 
our Pax, our daughter, uh, performed in her second Mecca, um, I forget what they call it, off-Broadway concert. Performance? Kind of, yeah, year-end or term-end performance. And it was a ton of fun, kind of a late night for her and us. But and just a shout um, out to Mecca. Yeah, fantastic job. Yeah. Such a welcoming community and supportive community. Yeah, and the instructors are just all seem like just wonderful, positive people. And it's fun that we're kind of involved in it. Yeah. Um, and so the day before, which would have been Tuesday, uh, something kind of cool. So Zach and I have often talked about how even with our kids classes at the gym but also when we take packs to um, swimming or whatever activity she's involved in just the amount of cell phone use uh, and scrolling that or what appears to be scrolling um, during these kids lessons and so this super awesome thing happened at Paxton's rehearsal I'll let you tell the story because right super awesome or super sad yeah I guess you be the judge Um, yeah and definitely I mean to go off kind of what Jen was saying, I, I kind of hope we've all noticed it, that things are just a lot different now. Yeah. And our phones are connected to our watches, which are slowly going to be connected to our brains at some point. Um, that was just a joke, but I hope they never come out with a brain chip for us. But um, it's just about bringing awareness, I think, to this because Jen and I are not perfect. But however, let's go back to we've been noticing this for a long time. Playgrounds, just places that we shouldn't be on phones and we always, yeah, just see a lot of people on phones and we're trying to be better. Um, but anyway, so after the rehearsal, uh, we were just standing in the hallway waiting for Paxton and um, a girl had come out and the dad had said to her, I just overheard it. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop. I just overheard. Um, she said, hey, dad, what did you think about? our performance my singing and he said it was how old is just to give context i think she was 10 okay eight to ten is my guess and he said it was awesome and she instantly replied but every time i looked up you were on your phone so this little girl had caught her parent like red-handed being on his phone you know and it could have been five seconds it could have been five minutes it could have been the whole time i don't really know the context but i just found it fascinating that this little girl who I, I'm guessing was eight, nine, or 10, she had looked up at some time d- during her performance and the parent that was there was looking down at their phone and she was clearly not happy with it. Um, so. he And he, what did he say? Which I think would be kind of a typical right. He said, response. yeah, I was doing work. So, you know, yeah, but I was doing work. And I think that was the end of it there. Um, but you, she was just kind of, yeah, you could just tell she was like a little bit disappointed and not not happy with with that situation. And I guess it was just, it was, it was a situation that like, I feel like for, it's just, I start to notice it more and more. So I'm trying to be way better because if you're not careful, me, you, Jen, or anyone mm-hmm. listening, we're almost doing it. It's like unintentional and it's almost like we're unconsciously like mm-hmm. looking at our phones like way too much. So um, it was just I, a- like, yeah, I mean, I actually suggested a lockbox. Yeah. And I think I'm fairly aware of it, but I, I just 
we've been talking about this in the house, you know, at potentially having boundaries. Like we just don't, don't slash can't look at them from four till, you know, just basically evening time. Um, because again, even though I'm aware of it, it just, it, it creeps into the kitchen. It, you know, all of a sudden I'm looking up stuff to do in the summer. So even though it's, it's harmless and I'm, you know, looking up something for my family, again, the perception is that I'm looking at this thing and I don't think, you know, people my age, I certainly never had to grow up with that. I'm 39 now um, because we didn't have cell phones. I never had to look at my parents from a field or from a playground or around the house and they were just looking at this device because they didn't exist. Yeah, and I think I just would like to say too is that um, what I believe is it doesn't matter if it's work. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's, what you deem important or non-important. It doesn't matter if it's social media, like whether it's justifiable or not. It's kind of like just, I think maybe it would be just really good for all of us to just draw some clear boundaries. So, um, and again, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm trying to explain what I have done over the years to help is that if Jen and I go out for dinner on a date, do I need to be on my phone? Absolutely not. Um, so if I leave my phone in my pocket and I ever feel it buzz or like at any moment she goes to the washroom, there's just this temptation to like check the phone. Yeah, it's crazy. So Anytime you have dead, like dead time, downtime, yeah. it's like an instant. Which and is, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I think phones are addicting. Social media, emails, me people messaging you, it is addicting. So it's almost like if we just admit we all kind of need some boundaries, like just define those boundaries, um, leave your phone, leave your phone in your vehicle or leave your phone at home more often. Mm -hmm. Airplane moded or just, yeah, it's just, um, if you're not careful, your kids going to be at swimming lessons and they're going to look up and then you're well, the one looking yeah. down at your well, phone. And I think we've, again, we've made, uh, we've decided that we don't bring our phones when we're going to practices or whatever it is. We just leave them in the car or locker or whatever. Um, and it's not because we're trying to be like high and mighty. It's because if I have them, I will check it. Um, but because we've noticed with teaching younger children, they a hundred percent will look to their parent or guardian multiple times in a class. And a lot of the times their parent or guardian, even at our gym, is not looking at them, they're looking at their phones. Yeah, I've noticed it at the gym. I've and noticed that swimming yeah, lessons, swimming, I've noticed that at the playground. Yes, and it's so I think it was more, it was just interesting because I don't think I realized, it wasn't only my kid looking at me, I watched, because I didn't have anything to look at, I watched every kid look up multiple times, and these are like over multiple lessons, over multiple sessions. Um, so it is just, yeah, it's a little bit sad because I, I definitely agree that there are probably some parents that are doing work for sure. Like that's a thing or they're on call or, you know, I'm not saying everyone can be phoneless all the time, but there are also a large number that are doing absolutely nothing. They're scrolling, they're checking email, they're, you know, looking, th I've seen it cause I've been beside them, you know? So it's just, even if it is work, maybe we can all just make it more intentional. So it's like, okay, like I'm at this swimming lesson. Mm -hmm. So like this hour, I don't need my phone. Mm -hmm. When I put my kid to bed, I will take an hour mm -hmm. then to do what I need to do mm -hmm. now or do it 
you know, if there's work to be done, then let's just pick a new hour to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think we just have to be, I think we just have to personally, I just, or I want to be, and I I think a lot of people out there want to be better. Mm -hmm. So I think we just have to be very, um, very aware that this isn't like a pretend made up issue. Like if you really, you know, if you really start to, if you look around, you know, again, I started noticing at swimming lessons, like we're in the pool area and parents sit down to start watching and just like, it's about like nine out of 10 parents or eight out of 10 or seven out of 10, just the phone comes out right away. And I guess I'm just working hard to, I don't want my daughter to look up mm-hmm. and I'm looking down at a screen. I think like we've said before, like they, they worship you, they look up to you, you know, you watching them is more important than you realize. So even if it's for two seconds or five seconds, maybe this dad was only looking Mm -hmm. at his phone for 10 seconds, but it still affected this eight-year-old girl a lot more than you might realize. Again, when it was like verbalized for the first time, that's never happened where a kid like called out their parent. I was like, whoa, like good for you, girl. Like she kind of was like, I looked up and you were looking at your phone and I thought, wow, like they are noticing yeah anyways so end of, that's end of yeah end of rant slash tangent but just we are trying to be better and and I think if I think of my phone usage and I replace any other you know negative behavior <laughs> like definitely addiction like it, it is I'm checking it before I leave work and then I come home and I'm tapping it to see if anyone's texted me in the six minute drive yeah. like it's yeah it, yeah, it goes from like, oh, we used to like... I want to be better. Yeah, we used to be on it two hours a day. Now it's three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven hours a day. And the more it does, the more you're on it. Yeah. And the last thing I just want to say is if you don't have kids, then you're not in one of those situations. But um, personally, if if you're in a conversation with someone and in middle of conversation, they check their phone or middle of conversation, they check their watch, um, it, it's, not a, it's not a very friendly thing to do if you're in the middle of conversation and someone checks their watch like it's a little (laughs) bit rude so i would say i'd be very careful around um other other adults and friends as well as um even if you feel it buzz or your watch buzzes i don't know you got to turn it off but i think checking your devices mid-conversation is well i think 10 years ago if you would have told people hey what if i did that like they would have been like what like that's It'd be it's like crazy, mid, mid, conver- mid conversation. I just pulled out a newspaper and started reading <laughs> a random article. They'd be like, "Whoa, dude! Like I was talking to you." Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as like you're looking at your, you're reading a different message yeah. from someone. We else, also but. wouldn't have passed around photos of our new houses, vacations, things like that. So we're kind of in a weird world, but we're we're gonna go there today. Um. Okay. And and discussion on the phones. Yeah. What do we got Moving next? Forward. Um. I think we're just gonna chat a little bit about our journey in the nutrition coaching world Um, we've recently decided to make some changes to our nutrition coaching and I think we're we're always trying to do better we're always trying to find ways to help people um, for us to to understand and learn better and so we've decided to launch the master the basics class yeah just kind of like changing not the information so much. Yeah, but the slightly changing direction, slightly changing our main method to nutrition coaching, right? So mm-hmm. we've been doing like one-on-one nutrition coaching for two years. Yeah, a little bit over. I think it'll be coming up on three. Right. 
Um, yeah. And just like in the last three months, Jen and I like just been sitting down and just kind of discussing like, Hey, what can we do better? And you know, we don't like, you know, we don't like these things. So we're basically, you know, we took about almost three months of, of putting our brains together mm-hmm. and kind of like deciding what we like, what we're good at, what we don't like, what needs to be changed and just kind of came, came to the conclusion that we think what we're going to do moving forward is going to be better. I mean, we're always, I think we're always the people who, you know, if something's working, we don't change it, but we, we know we can be better in this area, I think. And we think we can help more people this way. So essentially what we've done is, um, our rocked nutrition, instead of our main product being one-on-one coaching, um, our main product right now is going to be this master the basics course Mm -hmm. or master the basics class. We like to call it a course or a class instead of a, a challenge, challenge. Mm-hmm. cuz sometimes a challenge is kind of like you know do these things, you know, it's going to be really hard but we're going to do it for a bit and then we're going to stop doing it, you know, almost like you know uh you know no sugar for one month or no alcohol for one month. You know, we kind of look at those as challenges where like it's kind of a start and stop but we want to call it a course or challenge because we want there to be lots of learning um and lots of growth and developing these habits that we want to carry on with us. Um, our course is eight weeks long, but we obviously want these habits to be with us for longer than eight weeks. Yeah, and I think we we also realized a couple things through our coaching um, and challenges in the past couple years. The first one is that through a challenge, people it, it's a very digestible amount of time. So they're, they can kind of see how many weeks it is and then their brain almost like commits to working on something for that amount of time. And even though these are habits that we're looking to carry on forever, um, I think what I've learned is just sometimes people do need to focus on something and then they maybe just need, not that they're going to stop the habits, but just stop having so much focus on it um, for a period of time. And so we don't want it. We didn't want to have necessarily a challenge where then it, it almost seems like you can't redo the same challenge. The way that we've really set up the master class or the ma- master the basics class is so that you can you can repeat it multiple times, in the sense that you can take it, step away for a couple months, take it again, again bring back that focus. I bet you every time that you do go through it, a little more sticks. Um, you know, things become a little bit easier or potentially you're ready for the next level of master the basics. And we've really seen with individual coaching that, again, things change in life. And sometimes having that regular occurring meeting to one person can be super motivating, very engaging, and they, you know, enjoy that one-to-one feedback and, and habits. Whereas I think for some people through different periods, it can become overwhelming and something that, um, you know, nutrition is for the long haul. It's for, it's forever. It's 24 seven. It's always around, you know, if there are, you know, different weight loss goals or whatever it may be, it, it can almost become all consuming. And so, yeah, we've decided to go with, with more of a, an eight week session, we'll say. Yeah. So basically taking, cause we also notice in some of these nutrition challenges that we've ran in the past that if we're going to, we want to, we realize, hey, like there is some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. And the good stuff is kind of what Jen mentioned. There's kind of a start and end date. So someone can be like, hey, I'm going to really focus here 
you know, in our case for eight weeks. Um, so it kind of gives, I think, a, a, a digestible amount of time. Um, and it's not that at the end of the eight weeks, you just revert all the way back to old habits or throw in the mm-hmm. towel. It's just like, Hey, it's kind of a, it's a good amount of time to, you know, kind of put some good effort towards the thing you're trying to change. And then after that, it's okay. Now let's, we got to practice. So, you know, we, we want people to get a lot out of the eight weeks and then keep it going. I don't think they need constant supervision, you know, moving forward. The other thing that we really liked about, you know, these group challenges is we found that, you know, in a short amount of time, we're actually getting quite a bit of um, dedication from people and focus and results. And we think it's because of kind of the group, mm-hmm. group accountability, the group support. Um, you know, I was saying to Jen, I kind of, it reminds me of when I used to be a personal trainer, like, so one-on-one work. Um, and then the reason I kind of got away from that and then opened up um, CrossFit Rocked, you know, switch to the group is I, I, I kind of realized that like I can get a lot more out of people in the same hour in a group setting. So again, to go back to our nutrition situation here is that we're actually able to charge less and get more out of people. Mm-hmm. So one-on-one training, you know, instead of getting charged $75 an hour, you know, our, our group rates at our gym, it works out to like roughly eight bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this win-win situation where, um, you know, we can charge less, we can provide more and we get more, it's almost like more effort and focus from people when it's in this group setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we almost try to take, you know, that analogy of the personal training group training into, um, nutrition. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that we were seeing too, and again, everyone's journey with nutrition is a little bit different and some people will love individual coaching, which we still intend to do. Um, and some people will like the eight week digestible kind of starting point, but we were also noticing that again, there's so much information available today about nutrition and people really want to jump. They want to jump to, you know, phase three of just, uh, potentially, you know, tracking everything or thinking that, you know, really limiting things or getting really specific. And what we've found over the years is that without the basics, which is essentially, you know, more fruits and vegetables, less of other things. And protein at every meal. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Um, skipping forward to more sophisticated, we'll say, or more um, you know, robust strategies, it doesn't work because the the foundational habits are just not there. So as soon as you stop tracking or as soon as you stop using whatever method, you know, to make sure things, you know, weighing it, it, it kind of falls apart because the basics aren't in place. And we've, we want to make this clear as well as that, like, if someone said like, okay, so like I've mastered the basics, Zach and Jen, like what now? The answer could be nothing mm-hmm. like the, the basics is like, I like to think I'm doing nothing fancy with my nutrition. Everybody. I just feel like I've got, again, maybe after 10 years since opening the gym, you know, 11 years of being in the fitness world that I've had a lot of practice of developing these habits and practicing over time. But even I need, and, and even, you know, we need a mm-hmm. little bit of a, what would you call it? Like realignment or getting back on track yeah. situation. So even Jen and I revisit. Yeah. You can drift, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but mastering the basics, which we're going to do in this kind of eight week course, it will, I mean, it, it takes care of, I don't have a number, but 90%, 95% of what a, a very good nutrition system would look like. You know, after mm -hmm. that, we get into kind of like stuff that doesn't matter. You know, we get really wound up with fab diets and, um, you know, skipping meals and, oh, when should I be eating carbs? And when, you know, we get just wrapped up in stuff that actually doesn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. um, so we also want to provide the basics to people not only as a start, but essentially the, in a way, the finish, like once we're mastering the basics, like you should be good to go. And there's, there could be little tweaks along the way, but. Mm -hmm. And again, um, a couple, maybe, you know, definitely a level one and then there'll be a level two as well. But I think part of it too is, is coming to the realization that when you do have some good nutritional habits, again, getting towards your goals becomes easier, just kind of happens instead of focusing so much on the end result. We're really trying to focus on what we can tr control. It's, it's the today, it's the t tomorrow, what we're putting in our mouths. We don't know if you're going to lose town pounds or you're going to get a muscle up. We can't really control those things, but I can assure you those good things are not going to happen if we don't get some of the things under control. But I think that's such an important point too is, you know, where is the end? We're, we're in this world where there's always more information and there's always something to be done. And, you know, we've even said, you know, 1% better, but ultimately with health and fitness, and I'm, you know, taking a course for nutrition coaches through EC Sinkowski right now. And she's really the first to say and to highlight that, you know, if you're a female and you're bes between 20 and 30% body fat, and you're, you know, you go to your annual checkup with your doctor and you've gotten your, you know, your typical blood panel and everything's trending normal, there's really not much more you can do. Like going beyond the 20% body fat or getting, you know, 1% um, less body fat within that range doesn't necessarily guarantee you any additional health benefits. You're already kind of there. And, and then that's okay. Like yeah, focus you don't, your effort elsewhere. Yeah. You don't have to weigh five mm -hmm. pounds less. You don't yeah. have to lose another percentage body fat. So yeah, the, the game of like, it's good to be hungry and, you know, have goals for yourself in, in the sake of not being stuck in your comfort zone or complacent, but sometimes just getting to the point where I'm doing super well mm -hmm. there. You've made it. You've kind of not made it in the sense of, all right, stop doing what you're doing, but just mm -hmm. rinse and repeat. You know, I, yeah, we can get into this about exercise and, and things like that as well. And maybe we will after uh, we talk about this. But um, yeah, so anyway, we have a few spots left in our course. You can go to rockedcommunityfitness.com slash sign up if you want to grab one of those spots. Open it, to anyone everywhere now. We yeah. don't have any in-person meetings. Yeah, if you have any friends, it doesn't matter where you live, you can you can join in because we're not going in person. That's another perk of this is that uh, we will communicate with you live and, and things like that, but you can kind of do it from anywhere. Um, yeah. And if you're not going to sign up, we hope what you get out of this is it shouldn't be confusing. It shouldn't be overwhelming. It, it doesn't need to be fancy. It ultimately starts with um, more fruits and vegetables in your diet, more protein. And, you know, we really have to watch the amount of junk food or processed food we're eating. So essentially what our course is doing is just providing support and accountability in those areas because after two years of doing one-on-one training and you know 
lots and lots and lots of different individual clients. What Jen and I also realize is like, no matter their story or where they're at, like we, we ultimately, it always worked back to almost the same issues that they're having and the same starting point. So as unique as we like to think we are sometimes like, like 99% of people are struggling with the same things and the cure or the fix or the step one for these people is almost the same habit every time. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're trying to address all these personal issues, but we're really kind of just delaying the inevitable of let's get to work. Let's get to the basics. Let's get to work. If you crush our eight week course, then you are off to a fantastic start. So mm-hmm. either that can be reassurance that what you're doing is already great or you're going to get a lot out of this in the sense of developing some new habits. Absolutely. And I think the idea of it being more like a university course than a primary school course in that you don't necessarily need to, there's definitely going to be accountability. So you you are reporting in a sense how it's going, but there's less focus on feelings and busy weeks and, you know, nutrition is nutrition. And yes, our stress levels, you know, can cause, you know, have impacts, but ultimately we have to be able to separate those things and still manage the basics, even during stressful times. And so there's also not this reporting or feeling bad that you're coming to my office and it didn't, you know, things didn't go the way you want, what, whatever it may be. It's here's the information and it's really up to you to be engaged or not as, as you want from the class. Yeah. It puts accountability on like, we're going to help you obviously with some support, Mm -hmm. but it puts accountability on the person. Like you said, it's kind of like a, you know, in a very nice way in a very approachable way. Yes or no. Did you do it or didn't you Mm -hmm. do it? And I I look at nutrition like practicing. It doesn't matter what you're practicing. Um, Like, did you, did you do your practice or did you not do your practice? Like you, you know, be very hard to whine and complain about, yeah, I'm just not getting any better at piano. And then your teacher's like, well, you just, you didn't do any practice the last month. Like, so it's kind of like you got to put in the work if you want to see results. Mm -hmm. So in this situation, again, it's meant to start out very easy for people and then progress harder. Just are you doing it or not? You're doing like you, like Jen said, sometimes we got to take out some of the feelings and the emotions. It's if you want to be better, we just got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Good there? Yeah. Okay. Um, last topic today. Uh, like I said, I reached out through Instagram today and asked, um, what would you like us to chat about in today's episode? And we got a couple good responses here. Uh, where's that post at? All right. Number one, it said, chat about how awesome Shane is. So that message came from you name it, you guess it. (laughs) So let's do a quick 30 second talk about how awesome Shane is. Shane is super awesome. So awesome. Shane, if you're actually listening. Actually, shout out to Shane, his organization and cleaning skill, not cleaning, but he often, if you look at our dumbbells, kettlebells, I think he's reorganized the whole back equipment area kind of a number of times now. Um, it is really top notch. Yeah. You're a good coach, Shane. You're a good guy. No matter what everyone else says about you, <laughs> I still think you're a good guy. <laughs> All right, Shane, you're awesome. Um, so the next one, we'll keep the responses anonymous. 
moving forward unless someone also reaches out for me to talk about how awesome they are but the next one will just keep anonymous because i want people to ask us questions and maybe they don't want their name over the podcast um the next one is uh, chat about getting through slumps uh, or pushing through plateaus how to not be discouraged and to trust the process um great one i think over the years um, I've developed a maybe a list of words that I dislike or phrases and there's a few that I don't like I don't like when people talk negative about themselves any shape or form but um, a- another word that I find just cringy is the word plateau um, and here's why I believe that with proper focus and effort that there is no such thing as a plateau because with 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 hard work and focus we keep moving forward no matter what even if somebody could prove to me on paper that they've plateaued I just don't know what to tell you because it's kind of like the losing weight situation is we just need to do what we need to do and then let the world do its thing Um, because sometimes getting too focused on again it's it's process focused versus outcome focused but getting too worried about you know numbers in the gym how much we lift or how much we don't lift um we're getting so wrapped up in in numbers that essentially we we can't control and because i said to jen like if we're evaluating my numbers on paper not only am i in a plateau i'm in a a a very long steady decline and (laughs) I don't look at it as like, I'm perfectly happy. I don't look at it as a plateau or lack of effort. Um, sometimes it, it just is what it is in, in 2015, which is eight years ago. Um, I mean, I was also younger then, but I hit a, uh, a 260 pound snatch, the heavy snatch I ever hit. It was a massive, like 15 pound PR day. And I think the closest I've been since is two is 250. So, I just think people need to realize sometimes that, well, A, my snatch doesn't mean anything really. I don't, I don't think that means anything related to stuff we're talking about on this podcast, about living your best life or being truly happy. Um, it's just a number I lifted once and literally nobody even knows mm-hmm. except for the people listening right now because I just mentioned it. So it's not that important. Um, I still work hard in the gym. Um, for me, the things I can control is I like to work out four to five days a week. That's in my control. Um, When I'm in class, I can usually, I usually push quite hard most of those days. And um, I also can't really control what's going to happen in those workouts. But I like to think I work quite hard in those hours and that's about all I can control. So yeah, um, I mean, you also control what you eat. You control prioritizing your sleep. Yes. um, Your stress. Yeah. So The thing w- about the plateaus is, like you said, number one, are, are you are you controlling the things you can control? So it's very, you know, you know, we can get discouraged with without, um, re- you know, if we're not, I guess, seeing improvement as fast as we think we should be seeing it. Or maybe it's been a long time, too. But essentially, I mean, if you're showing up and working hard and controlling those things you can control, like there's nothing we can actually do. Um so I think sometimes we just have to 
enjoy what we're doing and let go of mm-hmm. kind of let go of some of those expectations yeah and I mean in a sense for myself you know I have we've talked about this that every once in a while I get the flicker of fire that says you know what you should you should really you know try and compete again and, and try to you know try to make it you know in in the master's divisions or go away and compete but the reality is I understand what that would require and that would require more effort on my part right now more effort with nutrition more effort with training more time with training and so it be quickly becomes a question of, do I want to add those things in my life? And the answer is no. So even though I kind of want the glory and, you know, that aspect of it, I, I'm not willing to put in that extra work. So for someone, you know, coming to regular classes and working hard, you also have to accept that I 100% believe that if you're working hard, progress is happening all the time. I think it will never stop happening. But you have to, the timeline is the timeline. If you want to speed up the process on developing a skill or getting stronger, ultimately you need to be even more focused and put more time into it. So if you're, you know, wanting to, if I take the example of a pull-up, you know, if you're wanting to get pull-ups faster, you need to work on the pulling more. So, I mean, you might have to do, 10, 20 minutes of extra pull-ups twice a week. Like, I don't know what it is for every person and where they're at. But then the question quickly becomes, do you want to spend that 20 minutes extra in the gym? Or do you just want to go home and see your family or go see friends or do whatever you're going to do? Yeah, there's two ways to be happier in that moment. Yeah. Work harder or let it go. And that's, you know, I made, that, I made this post a few weeks ago, but this is from James Clear. Uh, author of Atomic Habits, it doesn't make sense to continue wanting something if you're not willing to do what it takes to get it. If you don't want to live the lifestyle, then release yourself from the desire. To crave the result but not the process is to guarantee disappointment. And I sit right in the middle of that quote where, like, if if someone's kind of going crazy because they, they want to squat 300 pounds, like sometimes I'm on the fence of like, okay, what is actually better for your soul? You know, your happiness, like mm-hmm. a squat program or yeah, it's like, or let it go. Cause mm-hmm. I, I do want to explain like, um, I love that you want to get there. Like if you're really ready to do the work and forget the outcome and just focus on the process. Okay. You know, like there's things we could do to get to work, you know, pull up programs, things like that. Or you could just come to the realization that, maybe a 300 pound squat wouldn't actually change my life in any way. You know, so sometimes it's, you know, we get caught in this weight loss thing and I'm saying sometimes like, let's just say whatever you weigh 200 and you're just, you know, you think the whole world's going to change if you weigh 190. Maybe, maybe not. Like I'm, I'm not saying quit or have a bad diet or be unhealthy. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it's just good to kind of really reflect on where you're at and, making peace with it mm-hmm. um and i and i believe in working hard and always wanting to do better and things like that mm-hmm. but i also just believe in working really hard for the sake of working hard and yes. kind of surrendering all outcomes and all expectations and um, i kind of just wrote a little this will be a future post because i was pondering this question today and kind of thinking i bet if i wrote some things down um 
I'll have maybe some clearer thoughts. But you'll you'll see this post coming coming out soon. But it starts with a uh, a Yoda quote. I always love a good Yoda quote. But patience is the key to finding the answers we seek. Um, so I kind of wrote after that just my take on the whole um, you know progress and plateau thing. So. Here is my post. Um, in terms of progress, there are two main areas that people struggle with, patience and perseverance. Progress or results, like many other things, are outside of our control. Let, let's let go of these things. Instead, rely on things inside your control, your effort and your focus. How hard are you actually working? How often are you practicing? How focused are you when you're practicing? With enough time and effort, with enough patience and perseverance, things always seem to work out. It's also imperative to understand these two points. Number one, you do not need to see progress for progress to be occurring. So going back to this comment from Instagram is, I always ask people like, how do we actually know we're plateauing? If you keep showing up and keep doing the work, I wouldn't call it a plateau. Uh, kind of back to my post here. Yeah, number one, you do not need to see progress for progress to be occurring. Just work hard and let things play out. Quite often it takes months or years of practice to be able to reflect and witness progress. Number two, progress will not occur forever. And this is the situation that Zach is in. I might have peaked with my snatch. I might have peaked with my back squat. If I need to make those things better, I am well aware of how much work it's going to take. And to be completely honest, to go back to the James Clear quote, I'm just releasing myself from the desire. I don't actually want to go on an Olympic weightlifting program to snatch 265. That personally just, the amount of time and effort that's going to take it's going to cut into my guitar practice and time with my family. I'm just, I'm not willing to do it. So I'm okay with that. Um, back to my post. Progress will not occur forever. Just do things you enjoy doing. You should not need to rely on constant progress to be happy. If you enjoy biking, then bike. If you enjoy singing, then sing. If you enjoy drawing, then draw. If you enjoy exercise, then exercise. You should not need constant validation or progress to be happy. Just do the things you enjoy doing and let go of everything else. So there's kind of my post relating back to Jen's initial thing about drawing is that Jen likes to draw, so she took a drawing course. She might continue to draw, she might not continue to draw, but I don't think I don't think a second of Jen's happiness should be wasted or any part of her happiness should be wasted on her progress in drawing. So sometimes I think we have to be careful on um, relying on progress to dictate our emotions. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our functional fitness CrossFit realm, we are constantly faced with numbers and, you know, people around us, maybe getting movements, not having movements, moving faster than us. Um, so I think it, it's a, it's an environment that can really make like a hyper focus on progress or not progress. And I'm certainly not saying, you know, to the person that wrote this in, like I've been there, like I've, yeah. I, I've been there. I've thought I about I also wanted plateaus. to say yeah. to the person writing in, we're not talking to you. Yes. That's a fantastic question. They get to ask all the time. <laughs> yes. I want to think we're talking to yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people. So, um, but, and I think, you know, Zach's made a ton of progress. I think Zach is better at releasing himself from the stress than I am. It's something that I work at. I think I'm getting better, but there are definitely days where, um, you know, that I'll have the comment of like, oh, I was, you know, so fit before, like, can't believe I can't do this or, and 
ultimately I'm still going to go back to the gym the next day. And I mean, I've even asked you like, okay, Zach, you know, I'm, I'm tired of losing in these running workouts. Like how do I run faster? So please to everyone that has thought this, like you are not alone. These are conversations we have. Um, and you know, Zach's answer to that was, well, you need to run faster. <laughs> you need to run faster. <laughs> like there's no magic potion. You just have to learn to run faster. And, and like, it's, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. But, um, the other point I wanted to make is that as you get stronger and as you reach your kind of current body's potential, the, the improvements get slower and slower and slower and slower. So when you first start out, I mean, people can be hitting personal bests every day, every week, every month. When you're at, you know, I think our stage of it, um, yeah, don't know if I will ever squat, back squat, you know, what I have in the past or jerk, whatever. Um, I think if I wanted to do it, I, I understand what is required to put in. I think not that progress is going to stop. Progress with the current level of effort um, is just going to take more more time, if that makes sense. If yes. I want it to go faster, then I have to put in more effort. Um, if I am okay with my current level of effort, I also have to be okay with my current level of progress. Perfect. And let's, you know, I, this will be the last point on this topic to get us out of this podcast, but... Let's take this question now from a purely practical standpoint, because sometimes people are coming in and because we've kind of talked about it, like, oh, you know, let some things go in this and that. But let's just say, okay, someone, someone is genuinely interested in improvement. How do we get improvement? Um, you know, let's quickly talk about in any area, you're going to have to turn up the frequency or the effort to get the needle moving. So in Jen's case, cause now if we go straight to the gym, straight to Jen's case and other people's situations in the gym, is that like the issue that I was seeing with Jen is that she didn't like her running workouts, but she was running her 400 meters at the exact same speed for too long. So she was running her 400 meters for ease of math, two minutes just it was always a two minute lap no matter the workout no matter you know I started to notice that she would kind of was just it was like her running was a bit in autopilot so what I said to her was like you got to run faster and I you know we, I said this we were having a good chat you know it wasn't coming from a rude place but I'm like I don't care what the workout is I don't care if you're tired I don't care first or last um, what I think you should do is if you want your running to get better, you got to start running your laps at 155. So you got to slightly get out of your comfort zone. So it was only like a few seconds each lap, but all of a sudden now 155 became her new kind of like autopilot pace. So it was like she just kind of needed a little kick in the butt to, to get running faster. And, and then all of a sudden the needle started moving. Okay, now running workouts, she was starting to do better. And then it, the lap time started to uh, decrease again. Um, so from a purely practical standpoint, let's just say plateauing with, if it's running or if it's rowing or, um, pull-ups or let's just use back squat for the example is that we have to essentially increase our, um, rate of perceived exertion, right? RPE. Um, so we have to just watch that we, 
don't start to go into autopilot with things. Um, I always squat 150 for five. I squat 140 for four. Yeah. Or sorry, 160 for four, 170 for three. So it, it, it honestly has to become yeah. 162 for five. You yeah, know, exactly. One, yeah, 172 for four. Yeah. Um, and the and so there's there's that way, like you know, knowing your numbers. Um, the other thing, again, just a very simple way of the rating of perceived exertion (RPE). Yeah. So your your rating of perceived exertion, like you can, you gotta you kind of gotta hurt more. Mm-hmm. You gotta work hard. You gotta hurt more, and that will get you over a hump or a plateau. Um, when it comes to like strength lifts, everybody. So let's just say, you know. Like kind of science has shown like if 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 you're doing a set of five you should have one rep left in the tank so if jen was squatting like what's a good five for you on your back squat any idea um well use me i know my numbers top, yeah, yeah like off the top of my head no. so a, a really good five for me um let's just say it would be 335 335 pounds so if i finish that set and I could have done six. I could have got one more, but not seven or eight. That is a very good set. If I finish my set and it looks normal, I'm not out of breath. And Jen said, oh, like you look pretty good there. Like, do you think you could have got another rep? I'm like, yeah. Do you think you could have got three more reps? Yeah, I could have got three more. What about five more? Yeah, I could have got five more. Then that's a sign of you're not really pushing that hard. So, um, in all of your strength sets, ideally, there's one rep left in the tank, maybe two, okay? We don't want three or more left in the tank because that's not full effort. And we don't usually want zero left in the tank because sometimes zero leads to um, bad form, bad form, yeah. technique breakdown. And like, it leads to like, we're getting into the science of it, but almost like tanking your nervous system too often, uh, which is hard to recover from. So Again, a practical standpoint, the zone you want to be in is like a 9 out of 10 on rated rating perceived exertion, right? 9 out of 10 um, is much different than 5 out of 10, right? 5 out of 10 is pure comfort zone. Um, so in strength sets, it's kind of like there should be one rep left in the tank. You know, in our conditioning workouts, it's like someone said, could you have shaved off three seconds of that workout? You'd be like, yeah, I could have, you know. Could you have shaved off a minute? You know, if you said yes, like, oh yeah. Like, so then that kind of is like an indication of, well, you weren't pushing that hard then. So Mm -hmm. um, in something like a pull up, it would be, you know, really focusing on, you know, if you're using banded pull ups, you know, you use, if it's sets of five, you know, you're using the red band, but if it sets of three, like you're not using that red band, you got to go lighter than that. You got to use the orange. Yeah. Are you giving a nine or 10 effort? Yeah. Which can be trickier to navigate because there's only certain bands, but making sure that you're not getting too much work with, with, uh, you know, a band or or, uh, that you can already perform the reps at making sure that you're getting into that uncomfortable zone, um, with full movement still. Nice. I'm good there. You good there? Okay. I hope that helped. You're not plateauing. No one's plateauing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you do feel that way, let's work on that. Yeah, let's chat. Um, I think we just talked about that for about 20 minutes straight. So should be good. All right. We'll see everybody. That's episode 51. We'll see you back soon. See you soon. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. 
Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you're enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.